It's April 26th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top story today, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said in a television interview yesterday that the risks of nuclear war are now considerable. He went on to say that, quote, I would not want to elevate those risks artificially. Many would like that. The danger is serious, real, and we must not underestimate it, end quote. Russia has made it clear that it would only use nuclear weapons if there was an existential threat to the motherland. The UN Refugee Agency is launching a new appeal for funds for the crisis sparked by the war in Ukraine that projects up to 8.3 million people will have to flee the country by year-end. They currently report on their refugee dashboard that 5.26 million refugees have already left. The exodus has exceeded the worst-case predictions of the Geneva-based agency, which it has called the largest refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. The UN estimates that nearly 8 million people are displaced within Ukraine, and another 13 million people are believed to be trapped in war-affected areas of Ukraine. The country had a pre-war population of about 44 million people. Poland has seen the largest influx of refugees at almost 3 million entering Poland, which is more than 7% of their pre-war population. Police in the Moldovan separatist region of Transnistria, where Russia has stationed troops, say several explosions hit the Ministry of State Security building on Monday and that the explosions were caused by rocket-propelled grenades. The Moldovan Foreign Ministry said that, quote, the aim of today's incident is to create pretexts for straining the security situation in the Transnistrian region, which is not controlled by the constitutional authorities, end quote. Last week, we reported that a senior Russian military official tried to create a pretext for fully taking over Transnistria by claiming that they were oppressing Russian speakers. Moments before we began recording, two radio towers in Transnistria were also damaged by explosions. The United States said the world was galvanized against Russia's two-month-old invasion of Ukraine as it hosted defense talks in Germany involving over 40 countries that sought to speed and synchronize the delivery of arms to Kiev. Germany, for the first time, announced the delivery of heavy weapons to Ukraine. We decided yesterday that Germany will facilitate the delivery of Jeopard self-propelled anti-aircraft guns to Ukraine, German Defense Minister Christine Lambrecht said, according to the script of her speech. British Defense Secretary Ben Wallace said their assessment showed that about 15,000 Russian personnel had been killed in the conflict, while 2,000 armored vehicles including some 530 tanks, had been destroyed, along with 60 helicopters and fighter jets. Turkish activist Osman Kavala was sentenced to life in prison after being found guilty of charges related to the nationwide protests in 2013 and the failed coup attempt in 2016. Europe's top court, the European Court of Human Rights, has said that there was insufficient evidence he committed an offense and that his arrest was an attempt to, quote, silence him and dissuade other human rights defenders, end quote. Troops in Tigray are completely withdrawing from the neighboring region of Afar in Ethiopia, 
spokesperson for the Tigrayan forces told Reuters on Monday, saying he hoped it meant that desperately needed food aid could finally pour into famine-hit Tigray. Fighting in northern Ethiopia, which began in November 2020 in the Tigray region and spilled over into Afar last year, has eased since the federal government declared a unilateral ceasefire last month, saying it would allow humanitarian aid to enter. Tigrayan forces said they would respect the ceasefire as long as sufficient aid was delivered to their region within a reasonable time. Authorities announced on Monday that Beijing will conduct mass testing of most of its 21 million people as a new COVID-19 outbreak sparked stockpiling of food by residents worried about the possibility of a Shanghai-style lockdown. The Chinese capital began mass testing in one of its 16 districts, where most of the new cases have been found. While only 70 cases have been found since the outbreak surfaced Friday, authorities have rolled out strict measures under China's zero-COVID approach to try to prevent a further spread of the virus. U.S. State Department officials held their first high-level talks with the Brazilian government since 2019 on Monday, reinforcing ties between the Western Hemisphere's two largest democracies, despite their differences over the Ukraine war. While Brazil's far-right president, Jair Bolsonaro, has not condemned the Russian invasion of Ukraine, U.S. Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Nuland, thanked Brazilian diplomats for voting with the United States at the United Nations Security Council. Last week, we reported that China said it signed a security pact with the Solomon Islands earlier this month, prompting concern from Washington and its allies that the pact would significantly extend China's military reach in the region. Solomon Islands Prime Minister Manasa Sogaver said not so fast, as he told a visiting Japanese delegation on Tuesday that it had no intention of allowing China to build military bases in his country. Pacific Island countries like the Solomon Islands are very important if a Cold War is truly brewing between China and the U.S. Pacific Island countries are also some of the poorest in the globe, and allowing the two major superpowers to play off of each other can only benefit them economically. And in lighter news, a remote post office in Antarctica is hiring. And if you're good at sorting mail, selling postage stamps, and counting penguins, this could be the job for you. Though there are some things you should know. The staff members share a single bedroom, and there's no flushing toilet. Instead, a camping toilet must be emptied daily. There's also no running water or showers. There's no internet access or cell phone reception, and satellite phone calls are costly. And in the event of an emergency, medical evacuations to a hospital could take as many as seven days. The information packet for the job describes Antarctica as a physically and mentally challenging place to work. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at daily at the dsrnetwork.com. Members of the dsrnetwork.com will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. So go to the dsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, 
Tune into Deep State Radio later today to hear Rosa Brooks, Angela Stent, and Max Boot talk about the war in Ukraine. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.